When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. I used to go camping a lot and had a weird experience out in the woods. My then boyfriend and I were camping with some friends on a large piece of privately owned property inside a national forest. One of our friends' family owned the land, but nobody lived there full time. The property was partially cleared, and the cleared acreage had a trailer house. Barn, equipment, shed, well house, etc. It was surrounded by a barbed wire fence to keep their cattle in, and a gravel road ran along the inside of the fence line. Their property extended outside the fence, into uncleared forest, and merged with forestry service land. We camped at the fence line. 
We were told not to cross the fence by ourselves and stay in the cleared area to be safe. Most of the people in our friend group were from the city and not accustomed to the forest. My boyfriend, me, and a friend of his who didn't have a tent were sleeping in my tent. I had the nylon flaps all open to let air flow through the mesh windows because it was a warm night. I was laying on an air mattress next to the back window facing the fence and forest. I woke up in the middle of the night feeling like someone was up and about, but I listened and didn't hear any of my other friends out of their tent. Something moving in the forest caught my eye. It was a dark human shape slowly peeking out from behind a tree and I assumed looking at the camp, it would lean away from the tree then slowly duck back behind it. It was all dark from head to where the legs disappeared into the low underbrush. I couldn't see clothes, a face, a flashlight or anything, just a dark human shape. I watched it long enough to convince myself that it wasn't a shadow and turn over to wake my boyfriend up and tell him I think somebody is out in the forest. He looked out the window but only saw some movement off in the trees and I couldn't spot it again either. He had me switch places with him so he was next to the window and we went back to sleep. The next day, nobody from our group admitted to being out of their tents overnight. It couldn't be a neighbor. They were few and far between and likely wouldn't trespass. Same with a camper or hiker. Public areas of the forest were too far away. I have no idea what I saw, but it was really weird. My birth giver moved our little family down to Butt F, nowhere, North Carolina, after my father's death. I grew up in a swampy area surrounded by cornfields, stuck with my excuse of a mother figure and her witchy interests, which always creeped me out a bit. I'm still pretty sure she had about as much witchy knowledge as a 12-year-old with a new Ouija board, but it didn't stop her from painting pentagrams on the windows with salt water to spot my protests. Anyways, a few years ago, I was around 15. I had a, had a nasty row with the birth giver and decided to take a walk. It was dark out, but I was too angry to care. I just wanted to get away and nurse my bruises and cuts in peace. So I was walking next to a road, not exactly sure where, but the road is next to a cornfield and has a whole lot of potholes. I was skirting around puddles and worn chunks of concrete, sucking the blood away from the scratches on my arms and back of my neck prickled. Of course, my dumb ass froze. I couldn't name why. My senses freak until much later. When I finally realized the creepy cries, I got felt like the weirdness. I felt my mother pulled out special candles or whatever, just a sense of wrongness. But at the moment, I dismissed that feeling and just tried to look around to see what wild animal may have been stalking me because I was all bloody. I wound up peering into the rows of corn and locking eyes with something. It was. Not right. It stood near even with the tops of the corn stalks and it seemed bulky. I very vividly remember getting immediately terrified because its eyes were reflective, but not all of its eye. It had a thick slit in the middle of the reflective area, almost like a cat's eye, but opposite. And that line thickened and widened when it saw me looking at it. I ran so damn fast. 
I kept stopping to vomit randomly. Every bit of me was so disgusted and viscerally horrified by those eyes. I felt like I looked right at something God had damned as unnatural. All I could think about was that I didn't know where I was, and this thing was here, and it seemed bigger than me, and I was already hurt and weak. I remember making a panic joke to myself that this would make a great creative writing exercise if I lived. I genuinely expected to die. I eventually got to a gas station. So I sat by a big dumpster in the back safe with this dude that might have been on some kind of drugs. And I cried and I shook. Even as messed up as he was, he tried to calm me down. Got me to drink some water and told me not to try whatever drugs I did ever again. I wound up calling the non-emergency line on a rusty-ass telephone outside the gas station and got a cop to drive me home. Nowadays, I live elsewhere. I haven't had any experience like that again, thank God. Thinking back on it, I'm not even sure that thing, whatever it was, even moved to come after me. Sometimes the memory is fuzzy, like my mind doesn't want me to remember. And then sometimes those eyes are in nightmares and the memory is all too fresh when I wake back up. I pray about it. My husband knows of my past with my mother's witchcraft and this experience. He prays about it too. My best friend Tyler, his grandparents own 150 acres in Caldwell, Texas. We've gone hunting at night with thermal scope on a suppressed rifle multiple times. On different occasions, we would bring one other friend out so they could shoot at pigs or coyotes. On this particular night, we brought our friend Bobby with us. Usually walking around with three people at night is loud, so Tyler decided to wait in the center of the property. Bobby and I are walking around with the thermal scope and sees absolutely nothing. After walking around for about 20, 30 minutes, we decide to let Tyler know we are heading his way. And Bobby and I get into a clearing about 200, 300 yards long. And at the end of the clearing to the left is where Tyler is at. We get about halfway through and see what looks to be a bottle rocket shoot across sky. It appeared to be a few feet long, but very skinny. The sparks that shot out of it were about four times as wide as the object and twice the length of the object. Uh, the object made no sounds whatsoever. So it shot across the sky like a bottle rocket, huge spark trail, and vanished into nothing. I look at my friend Bobby and say, what the F was that? He just looked at me and laughed and nonchalantly said that was a UFO. So at this point, I could care less about hunting and I was really interested in telling Tyler. Bobby said we shouldn't tell him because we would sound crazy. Well sure enough, Tyler thought we were crazy. I have been hunting multiple times after that and have never seen anything like that again in my life. I've been to Bragg Road in Saratoga, Texas. It's only an hour and a half where I live. It's also called Ghost Road. Look it up, it's creepy. It's an eight mile dirt road that used to be railroad tracks back in the day. Well at night, if you're on the road, you can see what looks like train light either in front of or behind your car and it follows you. Got right up to our car from behind and scared the shit out of me. Legend has it, 
It's some guy looking for his head with a lantern, but it clearly looks like a train light. I don't recommend going there now. Meth heads have taken over that road and you can't drive very fast. So easy to get robbed if you aren't prepared. My husband kid and I live out in the middle of nowhere on a plot of land that's about 100 acres. I'd say probably 95 of those acres are wilderness with ATV and hiking trails that we and several of the previous owners created by exploring. We use that land for camping, hiking, and hunting. We like to spot, clear to bed, camp overnight. There's so much space. We've never stayed in the same place twice. We've seen some kill sites, both old and fresh, lots of animal tracks, places where deer bed down, etc. I've even spent a lot of time hiking solo while the kid is in school and husband's at work. Whether alone or with the family, we always carry a firearm for protection. A few weeks ago, we decided to load up our camping gear and start a new trail. We mark the trails we make with spray paint on trees. Uh, we were pretty far in the woods, having hiked almost an hour when the atmosphere seemed to change. I don't know who noticed it first, but my husband, who was leading the three of us, turned around and gave me a concerned look. The birds had stopped chirping, the insects were quiet. There were no sounds around us. When the woods complete quietness is rarely a good thing. We continued onward, hyper aware of our surrounds while our kid continued merrily talking. We came to the stream that marks the midway point of our property. We stopped for a few minutes, my husband and I in a stare down with each other. We both felt something was off, but didn't want to scare our daughter. I finally broke the silence and said, I suddenly didn't feel good and that we should go home. My husband nodded in agreement while our daughter voiced her protest. Too bad, kiddo. We turned around and started back. After going a few hundred yards, still in silent wilderness, I looked to my right and saw a person crouched down in a gill suit about 150 feet off our trail. I'm positive they saw that I noticed them, but they never moved. I cleared my throat to get my husband's attention, and when he looked back, I put my hand on the gun the holster on my hip, which caused him to readjust his rifle in preparation of anything. I sped up my family, and we hurried back home. I told my husband as soon as we were inside. We decided to call the police and report the trespasser. Filed a report and was told to call again if we saw anyone. A few days later, my husband and I went out alone and set up a bunch of deer cams. We didn't go back out into the woods for maybe a week. Um, then he and I ventured out to retrieve the cam footage. Out of the nine cams we placed, we caught a person in a ghillie suit and two images. We handed copies over to the cops to go with our report. We haven't gone back out since except to check the deer cams, haven't got any other trespassers. It freaks me out even more to think of the few times while camping that we heard walking near our tent in the middle of the night. We always assumed it was curious animals, but now I'm not so sure. My fiance sees nightmare stuff while he's half asleep. He hates scary movies and anything like them, but he frequently has nightmares. About once a month or more, he gets up tense and ready to fight, looking intently at something across the room. Once he told me there was a big mother, 
behind the bedroom door. Once there was a green slime coming out of the wall. Once there was a monster perched on my desk getting ready to jump at us. Every time he does this, he eventually just rolls over and goes back to sleep, whether I gently tell him he's dreaming or not, and he remembers nothing in the morning. One night I went to bed before him, and I just had this feeling there was something under the bed. I wouldn't let my arms or feet hang off the edge of the bed and stayed burrito wrapped in my blanket. He eventually came to bed and fell asleep. Then sometime in the middle of the night, he woke me up telling me, Whatever you do, don't let your feet off the end of the bed. If you do, they'll get ya. I weakly cried. What? He answered. They tried to cut off my hand. I didn't sleep much that night. How did we both have the feeling something was under the bed on the same night, the only time that's ever happened in our eight-year relationship? So according to my family, I was a creepy as F little kid. My mom basically refuses to talk about it and claims she prayed it all away. But I mean, who knows? I don't remember any of it myself. Most of my stories are from my older sister who my mom would always talk about this stuff with. So anyways, I was around four and a half. My mom and dad had been trying for another baby for I guess around a year and a half, and it wasn't happening, so they basically stopped trying. My mom and I were home alone one day, and she was in the kitchen washing dishes or something. From another room, I walked in, went up to her, and hugged her stomach for a few seconds. I then looked up at her and told her, you're going to have a baby, and he's going to live to be as old as I am. Then detached from her and walked away again. She ended up being pregnant with my brother, who was then born with a birth defect that caused him to pass away when he was four and a half years old. Edit, a few people asked for more. So here's another. So I had an imaginary friend, Jiawa. Quick side story, I actually used to have two, but according to my sister, Jiawa, got rid of the other one. Anyways, my mom wanted me to do something at my veggies, take a bath, Something kids don't like, I don't remember. I got upset and told her, Jiawa was going to get her back tonight. She didn't think much of it, but the next morning her whole right arm was bruised up, I guess, with one even resembling someone's hand grabbing her by the arm. She has no memory of what happened, but my sister said my mom felt like she was in pain. And one more. I guess my mom and dad were in a rough patch and we're seeing a counselor. Uh, the counselor told my mom that when she was really mad at him to write letters and then throw them away. So one night she got me into bed and then after a while started writing these letters my dad worked nights. I guess they were in a big fight. So my mom wrote a good amount of letters that night. She would write one, crumple it up, and then throw it behind her in the trash. Fast forward to the morning. My mom was making me breakfast and I was sitting at the table, and there wasn't anything in front of me, no paper or anything. But I started doing these motions like I was crumpling something up and throwing it behind me. She asked what I was doing, and I told her I, I was doing what she was doing last night, the night before she was in her room with the door locked. No way I could see
This happened a week or so ago. I don't know exactly what time it was, but it was dark. I live on a farm. I was walking home after putting our farm animals to bed when I passed an old, practically fallen down barn on our property. And it's in bad condition. It nearly collapsed on my mother once upon a time. I glanced at the barn as I neared it and witnessed a huge, bulky, maybe winged thing duck away into the barn incredibly fast. It seemed to me like it cowered away. When I looked at it, like it didn't want to be caught watching me. It was huge. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Huge. Seemingly too big fit through the large open window at the front of the barn where it appeared to be perched. Its eyes were tiny and glistening white. Once I saw the thing, I ran as fast as I could from my house. I felt a sensation that made me feel like something was rushing towards me incredibly, but never reaching me. That's the only way I can explain it. I still don't like going outside on my own when it's dark, and that bat barn freaks me out a bit. Once in a while, I hear noises from seemingly within it. Uh, sounds like somebody setting down a pile of wooden planks over and over. It could be an echo from elsewhere on the property, but I don't know. I also feel like it may have just been my mind playing tricks on me, but it seemed too unnaturally real. I feel like the barn is watching me whenever I pass it. In the spring or summer of 2003, 2004, or 2005, right after my retirement at the end of 2002, I started volunteering with the Leon County Florida Red Cross we had just received a federal state grant to assess the readiness of neighboring counties for any potential terrorist attacks. On these assessment trips, Red Cross personnel and volunteers, usually 10 to 20 of us, would travel in a rented Greyhound bus to the designated county. Our usual departure time was around 8 a.m. from Leon County. One particular morning, we were traveling east along I-10. I found myself seated alone slightly behind the middle of the bus on the right side next to the window. I wasn't engaged in any activities, not reading, not listening to anything, nor conversing with anyone as we journeyed through either Eastern Jefferson County or Western Madison County. My attention was caught by an airplane overtaking the bus from behind. It was a substantial jet airliner, although I couldn't recall any specific markings. 
A strange thing was, it seemed to be descending as if preparing to land. However, I knew there were no airports in that vicinity that could accommodate a plane of that size. Behind a tree line, the plane was fully visible due to the absence of any underbrush. I prepared myself for the worst, expecting a crash. However, as our bus advanced, leaving the plane behind, I neither saw nor heard any signs of a crash. It was perplexing given that we were close enough to hear an explosion had one occurred. I looked around the bus, but no one else appeared to have noticed the peculiar incident. Everyone was engaged in their own activities, reading, chatting, or simply lost in their own thoughts. I chose not to share what I'd witnessed, not wanting to cause any unnecessary alarm. Later that evening, I recounted the incident to my husband and kept an eye on the news to see if there had been any reports of a plane crash in the area. My husband, however, didn't have much to say. I suppose he didn't want to offend me by suggesting that I might have been hallucinating, but I knew what I saw, and it remains an unexplained mystery to this day. It was a beautiful sunny afternoon, and I decided to take my young children to a nearby cave for a little adventure. The cave was a popular spot known for its stunning stalactites and stalagmites, but on this day, we were lucky to have the place to ourselves. And the cave was spacious and airy, allowing plenty of sunlight to filter in, illuminating our path. We made our way through, splashing in the occasional puddle pointing out interesting rock formations and echoing our voices off the cavernous walls. The cave tunnel took about 30 minutes to traverse and ended in a small, narrow exit. However, due to the muddy conditions, we decided to turn around and head back the way we had come. About halfway back through the cave, I noticed something unusual. There was a candle burning brightly placed about 8 feet up on one side of the cave wall. My heart skipped a beat. I was certain it hadn't been there when we first passed through. I felt a surge of protective instinct. There was likely someone else in the cave, hidden in the shadows. I quickly gathered my children close, keeping them between myself and the cave wall. I tried to appear calm, not wanting to alarm them. As we cautiously moved forward, my eyes strained to penetrate the dimness, searching for any sign of movement. And then just as we were nearing the mouth of the cave, we saw it. Silhouetted against the sunlight streaming in from the entrance was a massive figure, easily over eight feet tall. It was covered in thick, matted hair from head to toe, and it stood on two legs like a man. But its arms were much longer, reaching almost to its knees. For a moment, it stood there, unmoving, seemingly as surprised to see us as we see it. I realized then that we were staring at a creature of legend, a Bigfoot. The moment passed and the creature turned, disappearing into the dense forest surrounding the cave entrance. We hurried out into the daylight, our hearts pounding. We didn't stop moving until we had put a good distance between ourselves and the cave. Even now, years later, we still talk about that day. The day we ventured into a cave and came face to face with a creature from our wildest imaginations. It was a sighting that transformed an ordinary outing into an extraordinary memory. Years ago, I lived in a forest in a tiny house 
with a flat roof. It might sound unbelievable as in horror movies, but close to our house was a land with housing for people in bad mental condition. As a social worker, I'm not scared because of it at all, and I think it's really nice we were all lucky to live in the middle of beautiful nature. One night, I was home alone. I drank my drink and smoked my smoke. In those days when I heard something walking over the roof of the house, first a louder booth like a jump, some weird running around. That over and over and over. I like fantasy, thriller, splatter, sci-fi, but believe me, not when you feel like you're in the middle of that. It was hard to escape the sound. I didn't want to go outside in the deepest night. So I laid under my blanket, hoping it would stop or I would fall asleep. But I couldn't. Then I heard the blinds and realized I left my window open. I started to hear my heartbeat in my head, then some scratching behind the TV. Even though my lights were still on, I uh, kept my eyes powerfully shut. And then there was that one moment I thought, I can lay here waiting to get murdered or at least do my best and scare back. I crawled out under my blanket, took my guitar as some sort of damaging baseball bat and shuffled towards the TV. I heard the scratching and saw water coming out under the TV table. Whatever that was behind the TV was about to get squished between the wall and my guitar. I did a Conan the Barbarian pose and pressed the guitar behind my TV to be shot with the most terrible scream ever. I froze. And there he was. A big fat red cat finally flew next to my head towards the blind straight out of the window. I never knew I could be this retarded. They should have brought me to the land for people in bad mental condition. My husband's extended family lives in New Brunswick while his parents moved to Ontario and raised their kids here. Eventually, my in-laws retired back to New Brunswick about 1,400 kilometers away. So, my husband's maternal grandmother was sick for a while. His parents got the call one night that she had taken a turn for the worse and to come right away. They literally packed and left Ontario right away and were driving down across an old, old logging highway in the middle of New Brunswick. See my older posts for a short gif of the desolate road when a moose ran onto the road and reared in front of their car. They stopped the car and the moose walked up to the windows and looked into the cab, literally leaving breath on the windows. Eventually, it walked away. They get to the hospital in the middle of the night, only to find out that Grandma passed away exactly at that time. Fast forward 30 years. My husband's mom is terminally ill. Her kids and grandkids have convened in New Brunswick for her last days. For several days before her death, we come home from the hospital to find moose tracks in the driveway, especially around the windows of the house. My husband's cousin has to go back to Ontario and leaves the hospital to get ready. Within an hour of this, my husband's mom had passed away. 15 minutes after her passing, I get a text from his cousin, a picture of a moose standing beside their garage. Never before or after has anyone seen a moose in the yard. while out a hiking in the middle of the night with my friends in California 
we came across a mountain lion. We were headed down the mountain, my friend at the front, another one of my friends in the middle, and myself in the back. The front friend suddenly stopped and asked, Did you guys hear that? I thought he was joking, but asked what? Anyway, consequently I looked to my left off the trail and saw glowing eyes staring back at me about 15-20 feet away. I pushed the button on my headlamp to make it shine brighter and saw the silhouette of a mountain lion. We all stared at it in fear and it stared back. Finally, I called out and raised my arms above my head, hey lion, in an attempt to scare it away. This next part, I'll never forget. I blinked exactly once and very slowly like how common housemate blink. Then it turned away and we couldn't see it anymore. All the way down the mountain we shouted random things to scare it away if it was even still following us. We even had a conversation while shouting just to keep our minds off it. Mind you, we were terrified. I remember every 20 seconds or so I would check behind us and scan the area to see if it was following us. Also, myself and the friend in the front had our knives drawn as if my little leatherman would have made a difference in the event of an attack. Knowing that mountain lions attack their prey from behind and with myself being in the back of the group, my friend very well could have saved my life. I like to explore and there's some woods by my house that my neighbors gave me permission I go in. So, they know I go there. Sometimes just to walk or to explore with friends. So there's this old bridge that somehow was knocked down and I enjoy going there. So one day I figure I'll make a cool video edit of it. So I ride my bike to the Greenway by the creek. It's, uh, and I start down and everything is fine. I get to the fence line that's down. Hop it so I have permission here. So I push my bike a bit farther than unload, leaving my bike hidden with my pack. Not sure why hidden, but A, don't want anything to happen to it. So I start to walk to the bridge with two GoPros, one on a chesty, another on a selfie stick. I get there, take some cool pictures and video. I'm finishing up and realize, crap, I didn't get B-roll. So I start recording. Again, just getting standard shots. When all of a sudden, I hear a truck or UTB pull up, which I thought was weird. Since my neighbors were not home and it's an overgrown grass lane leading to the bridge, also you can't see the bridge from the road. Also, my neighbors would have seen me enter their property. So I start to leave since I have no idea who it is. And I heard them beep, I can hear it on the video. So I hide behind a pine tree, I know smart. Then someone yells, hey. At this point, I just run to my bike and leave. I still have no idea who it was, and the last time I went back alone, I got weird feeling and left. Also, not the only strange thing that happened to me here. It was early in the morning, and I was on a road when I noted the creature standing in the middle of the road 100 feet away. It stared at me curiously, then started shaking its arms and fists at him. Uh, the thought thought that might be a sign of intelligence. I glanced away, and when I looked back, the creature was gone. There was a lot of three-foot-high grass, and it might have died behind a berm. The sun was behind the creature, so I only saw the silhouette, no facial features. It was about seven foot tall, 
with a great big chest and long arms and covered with six or seven inch hair color unknown. The creature had a five inch long neck and a roundish head. Uh, there was also a horrible smell associated with the sighting. The Deschutes National Forest in this area is covered with lodgepole pine trees with little brush or ground clutter. This story takes place when I was about nine or 10. I'm 22 now. My mom took me fishing after school. I assume it was a weekend, not sure now. I, we went to a local reservoir that's maybe 10 minutes out of town. We live in Illinois, and the tiny town we live in used to pump water from this creek into the reservoir. I guess to keep the water level up. Anyway, me and my mom finished fishing and are getting ready to go home. And this reservoir is up on hill that you have to take these old iron stairs up the hill past an old pump house that's gone now. I think we were just about at the top of stairs getting ready to make the descent back to the turnoff from the highway. My mom pointed out this long thing going down the creek. It was about three or four car lengths long and maybe the width of a car. Mom goes is that a tree because what was stinking out of the water was green. However, it starts moving kind of like a large fish. I saw what looked like uh, the rear fin on a fish raise up out of the water as it was almost past. I told my mom I was scared to go to the car because I was scared of whatever that creature was in my 10 year old mind. I thought it was an alligator or something. She told me that it couldn't get out of the water and that made me feel better about going down the hill to the car. I've never seen a fish that large in my life again, Elvie. My mom mentioned the story to me again recently and this made me decide to do my own research. My uncle said it was most likely a river carp, but I've looked at pictures of river carp and what we saw was like eight times the length of a record breaking size carp caught in the area. And the creek I found out is called Spring Creek and it connects to the Sangamon River and the onto the Mississippi River. I've heard reports of bull sharks being seen at St. Louis, which is about one hour away by interstate, but I have no idea what would have been in the creek, which was large and decently wide, and I'm assuming deep since I threw rocks in it on later fishing trips. And they made a large splash in the murky brown water. I have no idea what it was to this day, but it's so large and moved, meaning it wasn't a tree or other object. I still have no explanation about what it could have been. I've been to the reservoir in the creek, several times over the years and never saw anything like it again. It was daytime during this. I'm assuming around 7 p.m. at night during early fall as it was after school and it was sunny. The reservoir is now unused as the town now gets water from close by city now and the water level has dropped drastically. It's now about 10 feet more shallow now and I've even been able to walk through the middle once with friends when we were looking for a place to smoke. 